Are you ready? I am ready. Hello, welcome back to Sassy Sassanax. I'm Leanne. And I'm Kasaya, and we are rereading the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon, one chapter at a time, and discussing it. Today we're talking about chapter eight, an evening's entertainment of book one, Outlander. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to give you guys a quick update. Sassy Sassnacks now has a website. On there you can find all of our episodes, um, you can find about bios for Leanne and I, and um, a lot more just info about the show. You can also contact us through the website, leave a comment, whatever you wish. So that website is sassysassnacks.com, that's S-A-S-S-Y-S-A-S-S-E-N-A-C-H-S.com. Great, back to the episode. I could read the summary first. Yeah, that sounds great. As we do. Okay, chapter eight, an evening's entertainment. Claire has begun to see that the castle's inhabitants are people like her and takes a moment to reflect on what she knows about Colum in particular. She mentally recites the list of effects of Toulouse-Lautrec syndrome and realizes that there is a very small chance that Hamish is actually Colum's son. In the midst of this musing, a boy comes to invite Claire down to the hall for the performance of a bard named Gwilin. He says that Colum specifically requested that she come. Claire agrees to spend the evening in the hall for the performance, and when she arrives, Colum greets her warmly and invites her to sit with him. He has a private store of wine called Rhenish that he offers Claire a taste of, and when she likes it, he offers her more. Colum casually asks Claire how she is adjusting to castle life, and Claire is polite but firm that she would really like to be getting on to her, quote, relatives in France, end quote. Colum questions her further and about these relatives. And when Claire can give no specific information, she makes a pretense of leaving to find a restroom to end the conversation before she spills her secrets. After finding the necessary facilities, she makes her way back to the hall, but ends up at the other end of the room, where she meets up with Leary, the young woman Jamie took a beating for last chapter. Claire tries to engage her in conversation, but Leary's very shy and reserved, until she sees Jamie coming into the hall. Claire waves him over, despite Leary's protests, and spends some time trying to help them get together but Jamie always seems to find a way to bring the conversation back to her rather than Leary. Next, the bard Gwilin begins with a few songs in Gaelic and Welsh, and Jamie insists that Claire sit next to him so that he can translate the unfamiliar languages into her ear. The stories and songs focus mostly on the adventures and cleverness of the fairies and wee folk and, s- and startle Claire as she makes comparisons to her own situation. She resolves that she must get back to Craig Nadun as she is now almost positive that she could go back through whatever it was that brought her here. After a few hours of stories and songs, Jamie realizes that Claire has been drinking Colum's Rhenish and decides that he should really take her upstairs and make sure that she is put to bed before she gets into trouble. He hands the empty glass to Leary without much thought and they depart together. Upstairs, Jamie finally allows Claire to doctor his shoulder in the privacy of her room and confirms that yes, her assumption had been correct. And yesterday, yesterday in the paddock, he didn't want Alec to see his back, but not because he was embarrassed, more so because he didn't want Alec to have to think about it every time he saw Jamie. The next day, Claire is exploring and happens across Jamie and Leary making out in a hidden alcove of the castle. Jamie sees her, but Leary doesn't. At dinner, Claire teases him about the encounter, and though no one else at the table knows what happened, Alec appears to have a pretty good idea and warns Claire that if Jamie gets caught with Leary, it could end up really badly for both of them. That's it. (laughs) I love this chapter. Oh, yeah. It is so good (laughs) on so many levels. I just... I just... I love it. Why? So much. Like, give a, give a specific reason. <sighs> because, like, they're, fre- they're, like, no longer as cordial with each other. They're, like, kind of flirting. And, yes. like, and, and, like, Jamie's loosening up so much. And, like, granted, like, he had been before, but especially in this chapter, I mean, like, being so overt about, like, the Leary stuff. And then, like, making eye contact with Claire and then hoisting her onto his lap. Yeah. He, like, pulls her closer on his lap and then tends to his work is what I think the line is. Goes back at it. And, like, (laughs) oh, my God. And her reaction is, like, yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) And, like, she's not jealous, right? No, she's she's not not in love with him yet, whatever. But, like, oh, my God, the banter. And the, like, kind of... You yes. know, it's like a little... It's just it's really like little, cute. But it's so cute. That's what This is like such a cute chapter. They're just and starting she, to like... 
become more than like this is my patient and this is like that lady that I picked up on the side of the road. Yeah. Like they know each other. They know They're each other really friends. well. Purely because she has to keep spending time with him to try to doctor him and keeps forgetting to because they actually have a lot in common. And they, they like to talk and like Yeah, and it's, like it works. And, it's just and so weird. Oh my god. And him whispering the translation in her oh, ear. We're gonna go off in a we're fucking not, died. Anyway. We have to start at the beginning of the I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Stuff happens before this. Okay. So, chapter starts off and she's feeling like she actually knows what she's about and who she is. Like for the first time since she yeah. showed up. Yeah. In the 17-whatevers. Yeah. And like, she's, you know, we're, we're at the beginning, we get some of it in this chapter and we get like a big one next chapter, but we get a little bit of the kind of like... Let's do a slow, fast forward. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, of just like, like pass over a couple like yeah. days or weeks, or we're not really sure we're how not long sure, it's but been. We're just gonna like this was kind of generally what my next few days were. You know, I love I love stuff like that. Um, she's getting used to Colum. She's getting used to Dougal. I love her comment about how clear which one of the two of them was the leader, mm-hmm. even though they like physically look one way, but because of like presence and stature and like all whatever else it is you know a lot of just different like personality type things that kind of come with having that role in your life you know you're a product of I think we've said this previous but like you're a product of your environment Mm -hmm. you know so like Colin was raised with that like you are in charge he's like I am in charge I am in charge and um yeah we find out that uh Colin is probably uh sterile I guess is the word mm-hmm. that she used, and often impotent, mm-hmm. which is sad. Um, but but the Hamish but, exists. Yeah, and he's a happy so, little adorable. And, and you know, he's an adorable eight-year-old. So I don't really care who his father is, and I don't think Colin really cares. I don't think who he his does either. Is. Like no. he, he he knows. He and probably there's gotta knows. be an arrangement, right? No. Some kind of like listen, and not even necessarily like with my brother, but just like I'm not going to ask questions. Yeah, or like something. we need like, an heir, and it's yeah. just not talked about. Yeah, and that's okay. It's and like, like a stability a, thing. Yeah, there's tons of stories about that kind of stuff. I want to jump back to like the first thing in this chapter because mm-hmm. it just hit me in like a really weird way that I think is really relevant right now, and it kind of relates to something that happens in the next chapter as mm-hmm. well. Um, that I go off a lot on in that chapter, but we'll get there. Mm. So her first quote, and she's talking about seeing the castle inhabitants as people, and like really relishing the fact that they're, they're people who have lives and hearts and some of them are dirty and some of them smell, but that's not really that big of a deal to her. And she's like, it's a, I don't know if it's a way of rationalizing or just finding comfort in something that had been so like foreign and, and weird for mm-hmm. like for such a long time. But I really just appreciated that thought especially um, kind of relating it to a lot of stuff that's going on right now in our current, like, cultural and political climate where, like, there's a lot of yelling and there should be more talking. And it's nice to see somebody like Claire who came through literally World War II, Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of things are getting compared to right Mm -hmm. now, and still being able to say, like, look, these people who think that I am, like, horrible purely because I'm British and not Scottish, or English and not Scottish, mm-hmm. like, they're people, and I want to help them, and I want to do, like, the best that I can for them. And it was just, like, a really nice, like, thing that I think more people should think about. <laughs> I think it also dovetails nicely into something that we mentioned back, or I mentioned back in, like, chapter one or two about Claire being kind of like super English yeah, in the kind of like making fun of the mm-hmm. Scottish people kind of way and her and Frank had this like banter kind of at the culture that they were currently you know taking from and right. being it was like provided for yeah. it was at their expense exactly um, and so I think that it's super interesting taking that version of Claire right. and this version of Claire who she's already I mean we are in chapter 8 and she's already going through, like, character development, you know? Um, this, is, this is something that's going to force character development. Oh, completely. Which and, is nice to see that it works. And she's, But she's having to spend real, honest time with these people yeah. and also doesn't have power. And I think that's a lot of it, is that she's able to have control of herself, but she doesn't have power over her situation, mm-hmm. which is something that she did back in 1945. Yeah. You know, and so, um, I mean, obviously, like, 
it's not great that they're keeping her captive, right? Uh, from like a pure kind of moral standpoint, but it also gives her this opportunity to like, yeah, to like see, see these a, people. You see a different perspective than you would, or you'd have any reason to. Like, there's there's no reason for 1945 Frank and Claire to like sit there and like distinguish and, and dissect that Yeah, they culture. have their own home back in Doesn't England. Matter. They're going to Oxfordshire. Right. You know, like, they're just here for a fun visit and they get to, like, kind of revel in this funky little culture to the north of them right. and they go back home to normality. Whereas now, this is her normal and everything is so up in the air. Right, this is I their think, whole world right now. Yeah, it, like, you brought have to mind. understand it. Completely. If you don't understand it, then, you know, you're, you're going to get lost and you're going to get hurt and you could probably die. Yeah. Like, it is it's it is life and death. And we will see her over the course of this book, especially, but the next two, like, remember again and again and again, kind of, like, the things that she took for granted in the 1900s mm-hmm. are not true in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the end of my waxing philosophic for the Yes. <laughs> um, so, then she gets invited down to see the singing um, with the Mackenzie, which I love that he's called that. He is the Mackenzie. Um, like, they're all Mackenzies, but he is the, the Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, there's a comment about she tries to smooth her hair, which, of course, I had to pick you out. You always catch the hair I, I, like, glide right past Love it. I love it. I feel like her hair is such a big part of her personality, especially in, like, book seven, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so big, and all I want to do is I have trouble differentiating the different little hair things from book to book. Well, book seven's the only time she wears a bonnet. How about that? Oh, right, that. Yeah. She cares a lot about her hair. She tries to smooth. I just love the little, that it's, like, thrown in there. It's, it know? makes her human. It's very, like, it's a Seriously. personal thing that, you know, it, it takes her from being a person on a, or a character on a page to, like, being a person. Like, you know, you, you see people do that. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so she goes down to the hall, and you made a comment that it is, like, the Great Hall in Hogwarts. It totally is the Great Hall in Hogwarts, and, and it keeps changing. Right, like, and it is, to her, it is almost like it's magic, because yeah. every time she shows up, it's just different. It's just different. And she doesn't really understand why or how. I mean, obviously, like, there's yeah, people the doing it, but... the dinner hall was different than when they had, quote-unquote, Paul with a capital mm-hmm. H, which is now different than the singing. This is mm-hmm. the third configuration we've seen this room in. In three days. In three days, yeah, exactly. And, like, it's magic. Um, Colum is getting her drunk with this wine. What was the name of it? Rhenish. Rhenish. Which I'd never heard of and haven't yeah. Googled, even though I have the internet. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Well, you Google, um... Yeah, okay, so it's called Rhenish, and apparently it's twice as strong, but of course you don't find that out until the end of the chapter, right. a standard line. But she, you know, drinks it and has this whole chat with Colm, and the chat is, like, pretty nice. Um, and he's trying to make, you know, no lovely chit-chat, except it's not actually it's lovely, lovely. chit-chat. He's trying to, like, kind of nicely interrogate her, and he asks... What part of France do your folk come from? Oh, it is wine from the Rhine region. So he's trying to, like, basically get... He's trying to get her drunk to get information out of her to oh, see if she, she, she lies to him. And she does the whole, like, tell the truth as much as possible. It's an old connection, you know, blah, blah, blah. Except it's not old. It's currently current. It's currently current. And she has that realization, which, like a, which I find to be so cool. Yeah, very um, startling. There's a lot of startling Claire in this chapter. They keep talking, etc. Um... And then he calls her bluff, basically. Yeah, so he, she, like, is pushing him and saying, like, I would really like to leave. I don't have any interest in staying in your castle. And he's like, oh, well, if you could give me the information about your family, you know, like, give me a, a name or a region or something, I can, you know, send word ahead that they should be expecting you. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit, I don't have that. Bluff called. I loved, uh, she was like, um... Game and set to column, but not yet match. Like, not giving up As yet. she's like walking away. She's like, yeah, right, sure. that did not go well. Yeah. Like Claire, I feel like she should just like kind of. I don't know. Like if I was in her shoes, would I? Just, I would probably just make something up. I'm like, I'd probably get found out at some I, point. Right. But like, like maybe it would buy me time. I want to, to like, like smack her sometimes about, because of like the decisions that she makes, but then I'd sit here and go like, all right, I, I can't think of a better decision. Yeah, no, like I wouldn't do better. In this particular one at least, I like really wouldn't do better. No. So she comes back to the bathroom, she's a little lost, she winds up at the other side of the hall, and she sees Leary 
um, who's like <laughs> all by herself in a corner. Like this girl is a 16 year old wreck of emotions and hormones. And oh my God. She is. Yeah. So she, Claire shows up and sees Larry just like sitting in the corner and I literally wrote, this girl, she needs a confidence boost in the worst way. <laughs> no, I just feel, I like, honestly, I feel bad for her. Right? Like, she's just a, she's a kid. She's a kid. She doesn't know and anything. Jamie comes in, like, Claire's trying to make conversation, and she's not having it, and Jamie comes in the room, and she lights up. You know, it's just well, like. She, she, she lights up, and then she also tries to, like, dissolve hide. the Oh, completely. She's like, oh. You're the reason I live. I'm going to go hide now. You know? It's like what would happen if I ever like ran into any of my celebrity crushes on the oh, street. No. Where right. she's just like like not that she has a lot of self-possession in the beginning. Oh, but like but when it you're just go. Yeah, like Yeah, she's so. 16, huge crush. Man like took a beating for her. He's gorgeous. We Good know deal. he's the most pretty single man in like a 20-mile radius. And like yeah, your hot man radar. <laughs> You know, like, and, and 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 everyone's after him. We've heard this already. And that, we will like, continue to hear And we will continue to hear it, that he is the most sought-after bachelor. Weirdly the most eligible bachelor, provided that, like, nobody knows that he's an outlaw and has no money. Yeah. And, like, they don't really know much about him. But they're like, hey, that's a hot guy. You're hot. And, which, like, Make I... Make beautiful babies. I get. I mean, there's a reason that, like, many, many people who've done very, very little are famous. And some of it is money and some of it is because they're hot. True. Anyway, but so she melts into the wall, uh, and Claire is like, oh, I'm going to play matchmaker, which I fucking love. It's so cute. Matchmaker Claire is adorable. She's trying so hard. So hard. So she calls Jamie over, and Jamie's like, oh, you're a friendly face. Sure. Because Jamie's also new mm-hmm. to the castle. He was there when he was, you know. Right. He's been there, the like, or whatever, probably but... less than, like, I mean, he, he hasn't been back from the Abbey in France for more than, like, six months. Yeah. Probably significantly less than that. Yeah. 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 So he's looking for friends, too. That's cute. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he's looking for friends, and he sees Claire, and Claire's like, hi, and then... Maybe that's why they, like, mesh so well, because they're both, like, so new. Like, mm-hmm. he knows some people and, like, has some, like, weird kind of, like, connections, but, like, a lot of people don't know that he has those connections, and, like, he's trying not to... And he's got, like, a bro manner going on with some of them, but, like, yeah. not all. And he's trying, he's trying not to use those connections too much because he also doesn't really want to get into debt with his uncles, mm-hmm. which we find out later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop talking about that. <laughs> That's two chapters ahead. I have not listened to chapter 10. Oh, it's great. So Claire's trying her best to get him and, and Larry to like sit there and chat. But Jamie like is literally having none of it. No. Every single time that she manages to be like, oh, well, what about this thing? And he's like, Oh, what do you think, Claire? And like totally doesn't even notice that Leary's there. No. He's so in love with her. He's just enamored. Yeah, maybe in love is too strong, but yes, enamored. He he's just like, oh, Claire, when you're around, you're the only thing right? I There's can like see. There's like nothing else in the room. Yeah. It's like tunnel vision. And that's also important because the whole thing with, with Willen is that everybody comes in to listen to him tell stories. Oh, and and Leary has to tell Jamie to shut up because the stories are going to start. Yeah. Just, he's talking to Claire. I, um... And then, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And it's, like, really... He gets to say about stories. <laughs> Honestly, it's, like, I was trying to think about it, like, why, and I was like, because it's TV. Yeah. Like, it's... it's entertainment. It's, yeah, it's when literal entertainment. In a world where you get very little yeah. to just enjoy and not have to worry or stress about, you know? Yeah, or, like, that someone doesn't have to create... Like, that you don't have to create for yourself. Yeah. Someone can create for you. That's really interesting. Um, and I think it's also a really cultural thing. Like, it's it's mentioned a lot throughout the books that, like, Scots in particular love their stories. I mean, yeah. they'll get together and chat for hours and, tell, you know, you'll, you'll learn the entire family history of the person you're talking with and find out that, you know, your grandfather's lived in the same town and then they'll tell all these stories. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's like that, like, kid out in the car is like, Mom, are you done yet? Yeah, yeah. I um I think about it a lot in relation to uh, a lot of kind of Latin families that yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Same and kind of thing. I'm a part of <laughs> like it, it's just 
a lot of like remember that time when and yeah well my great uncle you know standing in the doorway yeah and it's like I'm just trying to leave and it's like oh well I love your jacket you know who had a jacket like that and like it's a bit of a midwest thing which you know I don't know Italian families do it too Italian I think I think it's a common trait it is across cultures Um, it's just funny when you come from a culture that doesn't do it clearly like Claire does she notices it picks up on it yeah oh yeah and the English are a little notorious for not. Yeah, not a lot of small talk going on. No. Stiff upper lip dialing. Mm-hmm. Story time. So the songs, so the songs start happening. And I, I'm only coming back to the songs just because oh, of this uh, one line of Claire talking about, because the first one's in English. And uh, it's about a young man who's in love with a young woman. What else? Is what Claire says, or like thinks, whatever. And I just love Sassy Claire. And I love that, like, I am really bored with the classic boy meets girl love I'm so story. Done, right? But also, I like totally get it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. Oh, and we get Jamie doing the language thing already, right? So, uh, not with the songs. He does it with the stories, though. Yeah, I don't think he translates the songs. I think he like kind of generally is like, this was about a pig or whatever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, he asks her if she knows Welsh. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Larry starts, oh, wait a minute, we skipped over something really important. Because he mentions that he had been at the castle before. Oh, yeah. And, and Larry's like, and I, like remember I remember you. you. And she's like, fangirling. She's literally oh, fangirling over him. And he, like, tries to be all like, oh, yeah, well, I probably just wasn't paying enough attention. But he calls her, like, a snot-nosed bairn. Oh, my God. And she is so she's embarrassed. Like, done. So embarrassed. And then that's when Claire gets back to, no, I don't know any Welsh at all. That's why there was the yes. sudden conversation topic <laughs> yeah. change. Okay. I couldn't remember. <laughs> like, oh, my God. He's, no, just, he's so oblivious. Like, he doesn't even process that she's upset. He hasn't and looked at her once. And I think it's it's also, like, super out of character for Jamie. Jamie is not yeah. an oblivious person. No. But he is because Claire is there and talking to him. And you know? he is... Enamored. enamored with her yes and she's just kind of like oh you're fun and she doesn't know that he's enamored with her because she no. doesn't know what his baseline is right yeah. she doesn't um, know yeah but like so she's just like all right whatever blah 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 i'm gonna play matchmaker and like it is odd that jamie is acting the way he it is. is and we, it will get called out later i don't remember when but it'll get called out later <laughs> you've read ahead of me you know when anyway blah but so then the stories happen and mm-hmm. he's like Oh, you can't see. Here, I'll move to this other side of you so that it's, you know, so it Leary, had, Claire, Jamie yes. on the bench it instead of Leary, Jamie, Claire. Jamie in the middle of the ladies. Mm-hmm. And now he switches with Claire so that Leary's on her other side. Yeah. And he, and like, she tries to protest. She's like, I'm fine. Sit next to your sweet 16-year-old. And he's like, no. Nah. <laughs> this way, I can... Whisper in your ear. Right. And it... it and translate for you. Those are his literal I words. I know, I know, I know. But it's like the, the intonation of the um, of the audiobook. Oh my God, it's perfect. It's so perfect because it's so... It sounds so innocent. It does sound like he's literally just like, no, but then I could tell you the stories. And he's just all excited to tell her the stories. But when you have all this other background context, like, you know that he's just like, I'm going to get to whisper in the hot lady's ear. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, a kid. And he, it probably isn't even conscious for him yet. Yeah. I think it's just like, oh, he totally do this for you. No, let me take care of you. Yes, let please. me make sure that you can, like, understand what's happening. Please. Let me do this for you. Flirty oh, Jamie beautiful the woman. Sweetheart of my life. He's oh my god. Such a baby. Oh my god. That's part of why I'm like freaking out so much about this. Because like you said, it's so out of character. He's so in control of every situation that he gets put in that having him be this like flirty mess of a teenage <laughs> boy is like absolutely oh, hilarious. God. And you only really like you know that he's a little bit into her when you first read it, but you only after coming back from reading, you know, 40 years into the future of like him just handling shit all the time. Do you see how weird this is? Oh yeah. And it just makes it a thousand times it's cuter. It's so cute. Like, it just makes it better. Uh, okay. Should we talk about the stories themselves? Yes. I want to talk about the stories a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the difference between the stories and the songs. Yeah. Um, because 
he gets really excited about the stories and he immediately starts translating them like verbatim. Like mm-hmm. he's heard them a thousand times. Um, and this kind of is important for me because you don't find out right now, but later we find out that the head injury that we found out about in the end of the last chapter has rendered Jamie tone deaf. Yeah. So the songs are just kind of like fancy stories to him. He's not super interested in the songs, which is kind of why it makes sense that like Leary had to be like, shut up, he's he's going to do the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody was kind of like chatting. Yeah. Low-key, like underneath the songs. They were listening, but then everybody shuts up for the stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so like it's a big deal for everyone, but I think it's an especially big deal to him because it's something that like everybody's into this and I can also be into it versus the other thing where it was like, okay, like I get that other people appreciate it but I don't. And that, like, that's just a me personally thing that makes me sad because I love music. Like, music is so important to me. I do a lot with music when Mm -hmm. I'm having different emotions to make me either continue to have those emotions or abruptly stop having those emotions and have other emotions. And it's just a a foreign concept to me that some people don't have that ability or that appreciation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It makes me sad that every time I remember that Jamie's tone deaf, especially coming back later on with Roger, that's... Yeah disconnect there well that's how she finds out that he's or not finds out but like kind of brings it together that he's toned up mm-hmm. is because Roger is able to move all these men and I think it's Brianna who's like you don't seem as moved and he's like oh, I like that it moves the men but I can't he's like, I don't tell anything it. yeah it's just it's noise you know, I know that it does stuff to people but it doesn't do anything to me yeah it's sad <laughs> it's yeah but that definitely makes sense why he acts like a small child with the stories so there was all this like flirty flirt that took place during the music and so Jamie wasn't super invested in the music but then the stories and all the chatter dies down and this is the first I said already this is the first real introduction we get to Scottish people and stories and Mm -hmm. Clara comments about it all the time and Brianna jokes about it with Roger like three books from now Um, and you said it's like their TV like Mm -hmm. you know the whole but it's like I look at it more like it's not just like oh we're gonna sit down and watch Netflix it's like the um, communal. Yeah, it's like when everyone had like three channels of cable and everyone sat down and watched the same TV show on Friday nights mm-hmm. and then talked about it on Sunday at church. Yes. Like, everybody gets it. Yeah. Yep, that makes tons of sense. It's a good analogy. <laughs> Analogies. Um, some of the like imagery from the stories, like the actual stories mm-hmm. themselves that I want to pull out, the very first story that's told is about a man who kills his own wife because he's afraid she's going to get taken by the fairies. Is that... Does he kill her? That's what I thought. I heard. He throws a knife and she falls down safe. Yeah, he throws... I thought it was throws a knife so that it kills her yeah. and she doesn't go. I thought it hit her. I could be wrong. I hope I I'm wrong. Know. I don't know Slept if it ever... I don't know if it explicitly says that she's hit or not because it they kind of blended together for me because I listened to them 18,000 times <laughs> and I'm trying to remember which parts go with which story. <laughs> but this is the one where the guy's out and he like hears his wife sighing in the wind, right? No, that's a different one. That one's a later one. This one this one was only uh we didn't hear any of the words of this one. We just had Claire's rendition of it. Okay. Anyway, anyway All right, so, maybe he did. I don't know. Um, Jamie translating. <laughs> Can you just read that line that you have your cursor on right now? Because it's great. Jamie translating. Dot dot dot. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, though there's a story about a woman and child, mother mm-hmm. and child, who like get taken by. There's all these fairy stories. First of all, yeah. And so they get taken by the fairies, and then they get they like come back, and. But only, or the entire family gets taken by the fairies, and only the mother and child come back, I think is what I'm remembering. Um, and to me, like if you take the fairies and you turn them into the stones, if you mm-hmm. make that direct kind of drop-in parallel of an entire family going through the stones and only mother and child coming back, like... I don't know. I'm getting, like, major flashbacks or flash forwards, I guess, to, like, Brianna and Roger and, and Jemmy and Mandy. Yeah. And, like, they went when they left and they went back to the 80s or whatever it was at that point. Yeah. And, you know? um, Jamie and Claire never knew if they made it. Never knew. They never knew. And no. can you imagine just... Earthly idea. Having to be, like, okay with never knowing that? 
like imagining them happy but never actually having any idea if it worked. Like yeah. they wrote letters to them on the off chance that they all survived. How yeah. freaky is that? That's insane. And like, thank God they did because we get more books out of it. But well, obviously. <laughs> and I, I think I think uh, those like the, the six of them are safe enough to have nothing happen to them at least until book ten. Book ten, I feel like everything's up. They're all gonna go to shit. Yeah. No, 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 no. Anyway, we talk about the letter. Um, okay. Well, I I did like one of the stories. Um, there's a. So the direct quote is, I am the wife of the Laird of Faunine. The wee mm-hmm. folk have stolen me over again. And that just... Are you, yes, yeah, 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 I'm yes, agreeing. You're just, like, agreeing with me yeah. with tapping. <laughs> um, and that just made me think, okay, so they've stolen me over again. This has happened before? Like, the guy knew very quickly mm-hmm. to go get a priest, mm-hmm. and that was how to handle it. I'm like, so this is just, like, an accepted part of, of the culture that... Like, fairies steal our people? Well, I mean, that's what they believe now. Like, currently, like, in this, like, kind of 17-whatever time period. I know they in. believe it, but, like, I'm surprised that if they believe it, they haven't done more to, like, try and stop it. Because they clearly don't like you don't, it. You don't mess with fairy hills. You don't like... I mean, they do a lot. We see that superstition, like, kind of come into a lot. It's There's this whole thing, if you find a fairy hill, you, like, don't pull water by the river nearest it. Oh, shit, that does and, come like, back later. You know, all oh, of this other right. stuff. And they, they, like, Claire's like, oh, we can just, like, lay down here. And he's like, no, nope. we can't. We gotta go. Yeah, we can't <laughs> stay here. <laughs> like, and oh, she's like, why? There's a okay. thing later. Um, and then in here, there's also a, a mention of changeling babies. Which, yeah. Which comes back importantly later. Which is, uh, yeah, well, yes. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I didn't remember the, I remember it coming back later. I don't remember it in, in this chapter. Um, well, he explains the whole point of, like, why the fairies were interested in taking, like, women. And that makes Claire wonder, is it always women? Mm-hmm. And then she starts drawing the parallels between the, the going to the fairy world and her own situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, you know, they had wanted a man has something a fairy doesn't, and it's, like, never specified what that thing is, but they thought that, like, a nursing mother could... Well, it's not specified. Um, A nursing mother could pass it through her milk, so they, Mm -hmm. like, stole young mothers. Which is interesting, because Claire's not a young mother yet. No, but I'm interested from a folklore perspective of kind of, like, how that came about with... um, Thinking about like postpartum depression. That's exactly where my brain went. Yep, it's like they're a different person. Mm-hmm. And and also like Sids. I mean, if the kid just died, it was really easy to justify it with. Well, it was a changeling. Yeah. Clearly, it was a changeling. In, in a way, it was a coping mechanism. Of yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it, it definitely so often. It had to evolve out of something. Yeah. That mm. makes me sad. I'm glad we live now. Yeah. Everyone always complains about like, oh, if I if I had to go back, I would miss toilet paper. And I'm like, I would miss like... Life. Yeah, like modern medicine and my life expectancy. Yeah. I I always <laughs> find it interesting because uh, my I have a brother and a sister, and out of the five of us, my parents, my brother, my sister, and I, um, if we had all lived 200 years ago, only my stepdad and my sister would be alive right now. When I was born, I uh, didn't breathe for the first full minute of life, and I had a lot of other complications that required the NICU. And then when my brother was born, um, his head was too big, and they had to perform an emergency C-section. That's scary. If they hadn't been able to do that, then probably both would both have been gone. Yeah. And like that's terrifying. It is. That's two fifths of my family. And I mean that that would have survived. That was the major, like, life complication for a woman was childbirth. Oh, completely. She talks about it all the time. All the time. Like, once it becomes, like, a something to worry about, you know, um, she talks about it a lot. Yeah. Most common cause of death, which is crazy. Like, thinking about now, it's like, what is it, like, heart disease or diabetes or something that is, like, something that we've unfortunately effectively done to ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's usually not something that... You can't control or, you know, with enough, mm-hmm. like, monitoring or, or conscious effort. Yeah. And it's also it's surprising, uh, like, for living in America, which is, you know, 
First world country. First world country, but just like how high our mortality rates are for pregnant women and new babies compared to other first world countries. It's like kind of ridiculous, but anyway. No, ah, okay. Away from. Why are we yelling? <laughs> Stop yelling. Back to fairies. Back to fairies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she realizes that it's women who come back and that people do come back, so she has the ability to go back. Right, that is what makes her make the decision that she has to get. Like, she had kind of been thinking about it kind of in the abstract in the Mm -hmm. last chapter, and she's like, okay, if if I need to grasp onto something, it's going to be this, that they come back. Mm -hmm. Then I can come back. Yes, yes. Um, And so she kind of has motivation again. Not that she really ever lost it, but it's, it's just kind of like, oh, oh, wow. So then... Jamie uh, realizes that she's drinking the... Uh, Still Rhenish. Rhenish. It's been Rhenish the whole chapter. My brain won't hold on to that word. <laughs> um, yeah, so she gets, like, all excited at this kind of, like, realization and, like, accidentally, like, kind of swats at the glass a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Jamie catches it. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, smells it and realizes what it is. Yeah. And he's like, how much of this have you had? And she... The voice actress says it a little drunkly in the mm-hmm. in the book, and she's like, two? No, three, three glasses." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm impressed." Yeah. So like, it's great. There's a quote way later. I think it's in in Voyager, but it is my favorite thing out of all of these books. I think it's my favorite quote ever, and it's you you aren't drunk if you could find your ass with both hands. And it's great because Claire is, like, drunk off her rocker at this point when it is said. And and Jamie says it at some point, and then she gets really drunk. And she's like, I thought you told me that I wasn't drunk if I could find my ass with both hands. And he goes, well, that would be all well and good, except that it's my ass you're holding. <laughs> and I'm like, that is just lovely and perfect and, like, married couple banter that I long uh, to have with my husband. Uh, like, we have good married couple banter, but that one is, like... A plus. Top notch, yeah. Good writing. Oh, God. Yeah, so I wonder if she can find her ass with both hands right now. I don't know. Anyways, Probably. it's cute. I think, I think he, because he makes a comment about how he's impressed that she's not as drunk as she should she's be. not under the table. Yeah. And she's like, oh, whatever. Like, Girl can hold her liquor. Yeah, I like. All of a sudden, she's even more attractive. Wow. <laughs> and he, like, so, hands the glass. To Leary without even looking at her. Right, and he's like, be a doll and take care of that. Like, He's like, oh, yes. Go. Goodbye. And you can I'm imagine going to her leave just with my... turning red and, like, steam coming out oh of her God. ears. Like, I know I would. I'm just, like, slinking down on the bench and probably leaving after the next story. Right, I know, and, like, and going oh. to wherever it is she goes. God. Okay, so then he uses the pretense of doctoring to, like, go upstairs with her. Like, hilarious. And it's, like, true, but also hilarious. But it's great because you get her like monologue of, she's a little tipsy. Yeah. And she's like, and he followed me upstairs and then I was surprised when he followed me inside. <laughs> she's like, huh? Oh, right. But right. then it all came back to me when he took off his shirt. Like, this is a logical <laughs> progression that doesn't make any sense. I'm just imagining her, like a fly on the wall, whatever, like kind of seeing drunk Claire like leading the way do, do, do. up the stairs, do, 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 getting to her room, kind of like Turning to say goodnight, but opening the door and him kind of walking by her into the room and then, and then taking, taking his shirt off. And she's just like, I right. <laughs> But like she only realizes it because she like sees, sees the dresses. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um and he No, he doesn't do anything. I said a thing. I said, don't do drunk doctoring kids. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <That's> bad. <laughs> um, but so then uh, she, you know, looks at the wound and everything, does her doctoring stuff, and they're talking as they get, they're do it. They get flirty again. They get flirty again, but she asks mm. him why she wouldn't let him do it on the paddock the other day, mm-hmm. and he says because he didn't want old Alec to see his back. So we get the confirmation about that. Right. And, um, and like, she totally calls him on it. Um, and, like, kind of as he's explaining it, he, like, compliments her reaction to it. And yeah. He's like, I don't mind it when you see my back. Right, you don't just, look at me like I'm a, a pity, a thing and, to be pitied. Yeah, and, and he, you can watch him, or whatever, like, realize that. Right, and realize like that Claire is different. Loud. Yeah, exactly. Of that, like... Right, like, he seemed kind of surprised when he said it. Yeah. yeah. But he hadn't ever really put words to it. Yeah. And, um, and she then does this kind of... She says, like, no words, but, like, she just kind of lets him speak, and then 
she traces the lines of the scars because one of the things he says is that he can't see the damage. He's never seen it. He doesn't know. He how doesn't bad know it what is. it looks like. Yeah, uh, which makes sense. It's on his back. Mirrors aren't in plethora. Common. Use and um, and so she ones. traces the scars of his back, like really kind of gently and lightly and like very with intimately. Very intimately. Like, very intimately. Like, like this was. Wow. Like when I realized that that was happening, I was like. Okay, we are entering a different level of like, we were doctor and patient, we were kind of like friends, and like, this is something that he has never let another human being see or do to this extent, that wasn't like, purely in a first aid manner right after it happened. Like, these are old scars, they're not in need of doctoring right now, they're not pretty to look at, but they're not like... She can't do anything about them. Mm-hmm. She's purely touching to touch. Yeah. And I think, like, it's a scene and, like, a set of actions that are intimate regardless, but could be really platonic. Yeah. Um, like, like it, it's intimate, but it's not necessarily romantic. The, the physical actions of, like, yeah, yeah, of the, like <laughs> person A and person B, right? right? And then you assign like, kind of all of the rest of it to these actions. Right. And it is, like... They're screwing on the countertop. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like very, like, weirdly, intimately. It is almost it's like, sexual. Yeah. It's you know? like, but it's steamy, but no, it's. There is no sexual component. No, no. It's but romantic. As you're reading it, you're just like, <laughs> I, yeah. like, my heart. I do that, like, horrible, like, <gasps> noise a lot in this book. Yeah. Uh, something that, like, occurred to me when he was, like, talking about, um, that he didn't want old Alec to see his back, and for a bunch of different reasons. Um, but there, there was this, this quote that said, uh, men are so insecure, they can't admit their own insecurities. Mm. <laughs> He's a man who can he admit is. his own insecurities. He's like, I don't like people seeing my back. But only to her in a closed room when there's no one else around. Mm-hmm. Like, some people call that boundaries, man. I think it's beautiful. I think it's lovely. I really <laughs> yeah. do. And I, I it's, it, 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 like, we've had a lot of humanizing instances with Claire. This really humanized Jamie. Yeah. For me. Like, you know, he was like, we were like, all right, we've got this, like, large, steamy, muscular Highland man who we clearly are supposed to fall in love with. And, like, you're doing a pretty good job. But, like, now my heart is broken. Thank mm-hmm. you. This baby needs to be cuddled. Yeah. Like, he's a foot taller than me. Nah, he's not. A, he's, like, ten inches, eight inches taller than me. I'm tall. <laughs> he's a foot taller than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this large man baby needs to be cuddled and held and, and, and loved. And, like, somebody needs to tell him that he's loved. He yeah. doesn't have that right now. No. It's rough. He's got a rough life. And she says kind of at the end of the scene something along the lines of, like, uh, he thanked her without using words for the words that she couldn't find or something like that. I forget the exact turn of phrase, but it's, like, really lovely of this kind of, like, shared intimacy and shared moment without it being like it's not overdone no it's just like kind of is and then they go their separate ways and I like that it's also not like explicit like and then he said like you can kind of fill in what you think probably happened Mm -hmm. it's more of a feeling that Mm -hmm. you get versus like actual actions that happen at the end of the scene and then like he kind of is like okay well if you want to come down to the paddock tomorrow there's like a new baby horse yeah and like then he leaves and like we kind of go back to, like, we were, you know, back to, like, normal-ish, except that she's kind of drunk and falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. And then... Oh, my God. There's, like, a little tag scene. Oh, my God, totally. Like, you would... Ex- I expected this to be the end I of the did. chapter. I thought that would be in the chapter, but, but there's But then more. there's an entire other day, which only has two scenes in it, but, like... But they're important. They're important, and it's an entire other day because... She is like wandering the castle, and there's this little alcove, and it's like not quite big enough to be a room. And she talks about like the weird floor plan of the castle. <laughs> love it. Right. You can tell it like grew organically. Yeah, I love that shit. Um, and so uh, yeah, so she's like talking about the alcove, blah, blah blah, and she like kind of peeks in because she hears something, <laughs> and it's Jamie and Leary making out. And he's got her up on his lap. She's facing the wall. He's facing out in case anyone comes uh-huh. by. Right? And they are like full on. Yeah. Like probably some heavy petting. Oh. Probably some dry humping. There's, like, yeah, there's a there's... reason for her to get beaten hall now. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
which is a weird sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but it makes perfect con- uh, sense in this context. But this is so, like, so this, I still don't, well, okay, I guess I do have a an understanding of why. Yeah, because he's horny as fuck, and he only wants to screw the English woman. And he's not going to actually screw Leary. He's not no, he's that not, stupid. He's, he's but like, virgin, which we find out later. Oh, yeah, he's never going to screw anyone. Um, it's a lot of sex for somebody who's a virgin. Yeah, but anyway, but so, but so then, but like you know, he wants to get some of it out, right? And mm-hmm. Leary is really. Willing and able. Willing, able, and ready. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just think it's so funny that right after, like, this, we get we get these juxtapositions a lot, mm -hmm. right? With like stuff changing very rapidly from like, okay, we're doing this, and now we're doing something that's completely opposite. So we get this whole very long, drawn out, intricate scene of Jamie completely ignoring Larry, like she's not even a human being in the room. Mm -hmm. That is then ended with a very intimate, like, the most intimate moment we've had so far in the book. like Between Jamie and Clary. Like, yeah. even bar none. Like, like more intimate even than anything Even when she broke down and... Anything, more so than anything we've seen with Frank so far. Well, sure. You know what I mean? So, like, it is the most, like, personal thing between these two characters. And then it jumps to the next day. He's sitting in an alcove making out with the girl that... He was ignoring he was, like, yesterday. Ignoring. So it was just, like, a very, like, what? Yeah. They, she's very good at this. Freaking Diana. Diana Gabaldon doing these things. Um, so she sees this and is like, and they make eye contact. They Jamie make and eye contact Claire. and then they shrug at each other. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And he, and then he like, I'm imagining him like staring her down while he pulls yes. Leary closer. Like, like by her ass. Fucking try <laughs> me, bitch. Yeah. And like. I got, I got you. I know exactly. <laughs> And Leary's just like in heaven, probably not noticing anything. She doesn't even know that no, Claire no. ever walked by. Completely. And Claire's like, "All right, have fun." And like, and she just kind of like smiles to herself, like, "Oh, kids." Yeah, and she's like, "I did play matchmaker." Yeah, right. <laughs> and so then later, she starts having fun with him at dinner. Oh my god! Which I love. The innuendos, the fucking footsie under the table, the like, oh, oh. And then Alec. Old Alec. Alec knowing exactly what is up. She's trying to be all smooth. And she's like, how did you know what the, what? And he's like, hey, yeah, no, whatever. I Just have one eye. I'm not blind. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so great. And my favorite line that she says to him is like, it's so innocent. You should be careful. Those fillies can be dangerous. Oh, my God. And he like bites his tongue or something. And No, he, she... Oh, she kicks her. Oh, no. Her. He, like, jerks to, like, hit her foot or something. Mm. And then Alex's like, what's the matter with you? And he's like, bit my tongue. You know, whatever. And he just sits there getting, like, super red and, like, eating his food and not talking. Oh, and, like, God. just lets Alec berate him for, like, however long. Yeah, because he's so clumsy. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, Claire says that he is probably the least clumsy person she's ever met. Right? Um, he gets injured a lot for somebody who's not clumsy. Your husband's not that clumsy, and he has had My two major interests. My husband is a interest- fucking moron. <laughs> I love you, Justin. <laughs> You're an idiot. You know this. But it's cool, because we're all okay with this. But, like, let's just, like, he's very, okay, so Jamie's very, like, poised and composed and handles himself very well. I just think it's funny that, like, her whole experience with him has literally been doctoring him three days in a row, the first three days she met him, and she's like, he's not clumsy at all. I'm like, are you sure? You sure? He keeps falling into getting hurt a lot. Yeah, but, like, like he's not falling off he, horses, got, he got shocked. He got stabbed. Beat up. Beat up. That one was his own. None of that was clumsiness, though. None of it was clumsy, but, I mean, it's certainly, like, not a positive trait. To continue to get beat up the day after you just got beat up? Yeah, probably. I just, I mean, we know not that he's he was not clumsy. Act- and we know that he didn't actually get hit by a horse. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> That's funny. It's just so funny. Oh, I love it. I, uh, and then so then he leaves, right? He's mm-hmm. just not like, all right, fine, whatever. And so Alec and Claire are talking and, and Alec reveals that he knows exactly what she was talking about. And like, exactly. Exactly. So She's who like, else oh, knows? What? Um, and then he's like, yeah, but not, he's like, he says something about like, yeah, he needs a wife, 
If she but keeps going, if they keep going down that track, he could end up with something more, more. than a beating. And Claire says, like, like a wife. wife. Yes. And then he says, maybe, but she's, she's not the wife he needs. Yeah, she's the wrong wife. Um, he needs a woman, not a girl. And Leary will be a girl when she's 50. Which is like, whoo! Wow, throwing lots and of shit. Hey, we know Leary when she's 50. And she has not changed. She has not changed. She is still a girl. Like, so he called it. And I'm sad because oh. he's like probably dead by the time that yes. book comes Yes, yes. He's But still. Dead. Smart man. Yeah. I want, I, I need more backstory for old Alec because we get that like, he's obviously very attuned to what's going on around mm-hmm. him. He, he was there when uh, Jamie's father Came to take his mother. He was there for that. He knew his father. And Jamie gets so... This is like jumping back a chapter. But he gets so excited. He's like, you know my dad? Tell me stories. Jamie and his stories, right? Oh my god. I love stories. I love stories too. Probably because I'm part Scottish and part Italian and just me. Yeah. That's a me thing. (laughs) There's lots of me things about me. Um, Yeah. Okay. And that, that pretty much ends the chapter is well that's yes that's the end of our reading notes it's the end of our reading notes so we have um, some new characters sort of we get uh gillen the bard who i fucking love and i ship him with column i love that really hard because column is like so entranced and everyone else is too but like he's really entranced yeah there's a point of of drawing out that column is very interested and he like serves him runnish from like his personal store yeah yeah. And we just get more about Leary and more about Alec and Yeah. You know, a whole lot more about both of them, I think. Um and then I added some stuff in the sexy segments because like wait, wait, we gotta do it. Bow a chicka wow wow. So it's there's not any like explicit sex, sex, but it's just funny because it's like, okay, Jamie kissing Leary is sexy. Claire touching Jamie's back is sexy. Jamie's just being too sexy for his own good this chapter. <laughs> like without doing any of the sex, he's very sexy. He's done none of the sex. He, he's, he's literally done none, done of, the none sex. of the sex. I am so stoked for that chapter. Oh, God. Because I, it's going to be just lovely. I, I, mean, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. It'll be fine. I'm just going to be very weird talking about sex, and it'll be fine. We get through it. It's fine. It'll be fine. Anyway, it's fine. Um, okay. <laughs> Do you want to go into quotes? Yes. You do yours first, because I only have one, and it's very small. Okay. I did write it down. Awesome. I didn't remember if I did. Um, okay. So the one longer one from the beginning of the chapter that I love is uh, Claire talking about, like, all of the people mm-hmm. and, like, kind of realizing that they're people. These were truly other people. Warmed flesh and hairy, with hearts that could be felt beating and lungs that breathed audibly, bad-smelling, louse-ridden, and filthy, some of them, but that was nothing new to me. I, like, it's just, like, real. I told you I loved it. That was the first thing that I wrote down. You know, I wrote a whole paragraph about how I I just loved that she was able to see them as people. and You know, they have their own wants and needs and desires, and it's beautiful. It really is, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um, talking about Gil and the Bard, who I just really loved. I'm not really sure why I loved him so much. We don't really ever meet him, but I just really no, loved him. they talk about him an awful yeah. lot. Um, kind of describing him and his music. He was a place for the eyes to rest while the ears enjoyed their meal. I just loved that turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, turns of phrase that I write down. Yeah, mine is too. Yeah. This chapter. When he starts going into stories, she says a beauty to the speaking which I thought was like a nice little moment Mm -hmm. and then when they're you know being all intimate and pretty much banging um (laughs) almost uh or not even I think um but Jamie says it's a bit personal maybe is what I mean I think if he were to see the scars he couldn't have seen me anymore without thinking of my back but yeah I wrote a whole thing kind of relating to this um, and this idea for the next chapter, chapter nine. Um, and I can talk about it there, but like, I think it's, it's something that we really, 
it is a full character trait, like 360 degrees kind of module of Jamie dumb. Just that word. I think it, made it. it's it's very I'm trying to think of words too, because I, I I do like the um the metacognition that's going on in Jamie's head. Um, you know, he's able to think about how it makes him feel, think about how seeing this type of thing done to other people makes him feel and then merge the two into, okay, other people seeing this on me. You know, when I look at somebody who is injured or, you know, is an amputee or has some horrible disfigurement, I look at them with pity. And Mm -hmm. I don't want people to look at me with pity. Um, And it's a really unfortunate natural reaction that you just, you know, see somebody who you think has something that is so terribly wrong or so terribly horrible that, you know, if, if it were something that you had done to you, you wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, yeah, you look at them with pity. And I've had to work really hard to take the pity out of my, like, my brain, yeah. um, especially, like, in the field that I'm in. Yeah. And in just a lot of the situations that I put myself in, um, it's been... Because it's restoring dignity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it, you know, because it's not, oh, you poor baby, let me do everything for you. It's, no, you know what? You have a life that is lovely and worth living, and I know you can count to 10, so stop messing with me and fucking count to 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I we don't have to sit here and do calculus, but if this is something that, you know that you can do, like I had, a, I was working with a student today and her teacher was like, oh, I really want her to, to learn her numbers. And I looked at him and I went, she knows her numbers. Mm-hmm. And then I showed him and I made her do it. And I'm like, she can do this. Have, yeah, my, when my mom was a teacher. She had a lot of students um, who were, like she, she taught the kind of below grade level classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an English teacher. And kind of in the staff meetings and everything, uh, she found that a lot of her colleagues were basically expecting less and less and less of her students. Yeah. And when you lower the bar, it doesn't actually mean that your students are going to reach it. It just means that they're it's lessening the amount of work that they have to do. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to get to whatever percentage of that expectation that you that, put them at. Yeah. yeah that you so expect, you expect high things from them, mm-hmm. you might not get what you expected, but you're going to get the best that they have. Yeah. You, and yeah. that's what you want to draw out. That's what you want to like cultivate and, and reward is them like doing the best they have. Right. Like, having the best they have. And, yeah. And that's, um, sometimes it's hard to know like where the, we've gotten off topic, but to know where like the limit is mm-hmm. and you know, what, what can I expect of you? What is you saying? You know, I, I won't versus I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to tie it back into the book here, Claire <laughs> talks a little bit about um, seeing you know soldiers walking down the street with horrible disfigurements after the war, and you know seeing children staring and parents pulling their children back and being like, "Don't stare," blah blah blah, mm-hmm. you know, and then like looking up out of the corner of their eyes. Um, and this is uh, hitting me really hard today because you just seen my Facebook post I earlier. Yeah. yeah, so this is like a. It's, it's an issue with me, especially when you, you factor in the fact that uh, we're talking about blind people right now, and you think that they can't see you, mm-hmm. but they can, <laughs> you know, so. The vast majority of them can. Yeah, I mean, you know, they probably can't see the bus schedule over there, but they can see you staring and judging them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that it, I think it does tie back to, to dignity and having the ability to decide when and where and with whom to reveal that part of yourself that might lead to somebody looking at you with only pity mm-hmm. or pity at all. Nobody really wants to be pitied, you know? My uh, sister just came out as bisexual mm-hmm. to a bunch of her classmates. Um, and her friends, and, like, pretty much the school. When you put something on Instagram these it's, days, it's it goes to the school. She's in eighth grade. Um, and the reason that she came out to everyone was because she got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, her girlfriend is out as lesbian to middle school. Middle school these days is amazing. I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> God, I hated it when I was there. Oh, yeah. She hates it, too, but um, it's very different in many small ways. Anyway, but so Good she ways. came out to everyone because she had a girlfriend and she wanted to, like, be publicly with right. this girl. And then after 11 days of dating, this girl dumped her. And she felt like she had been kind of not quite forced into this act of coming out. Right. But, like, she felt like it had, she, like, it was worthless now. Yeah. Like, you didn't get what you were expecting to have the positive end of it. Yeah. You know, and, and like, something she knew that she was never going to marry this girl, right? Like, but whatever. You're, you're 13. You expect something, like. More than 11 days. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we can, like, kiss a few times or something, you know? Like. Oh, baby. Whatever, 13 years. Whatever. I don't know. But, like, she was, like, really upset. And not just because this, like, girl who she really liked dumped her, but also because she felt like she'd have been vulnerable to this large group of people, like, when she didn't fully feel comfortable with it. Right. And when... And then it was, like, the whole point of it Right. She could have just as easily not have. Exactly. And not have had to deal with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which... That sucks. I'm just drawing a parallel of kind of, especially with like kind of in, invisible whatever disabilities, because yeah. it it's it, not invisible, but like it, but it's, in it's, certain um, ways, it's easier to hide. I guess that's I don't the know. word. It's not viewed, looked at, considered, perceived. Those are all words that are not meaning the right thing that I want. But like, it's almost um. Nope, still not coming up with a word. Thought of, kind of like like people react to it kind of the same way. You know, where it's, like, uh, something that you're not really sure how the room is going to react Mm -hmm. to you announcing this thing about yourself. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're always a little bit, like, "Mm, do I say something? Do I not say something? Do I trust these people enough? Do I not? Mm -hmm. You know, and, like, so my sister has um, an interview with a uh, person for a Ph.D., program tomorrow super psyched about that good luck baby i'm so excited (laughs) um so she like had said that she was very interested in like uh, an accessibility and disability um programs and all this stuff because she's a mechanical engineer um and the person who was emailing with her asked you know oh i'd like to talk to you what's the best way to get in contact and she had she said you know i'm good with phone call i'm good with email i'm good with I, i can show up on campus if you'd like that and the person said, okay, how about we call tomorrow at 2? And I asked her, I'm like, did you say, like, oh, hey, by the way, like, I'm deaf. I might have trouble on the phone. And she's like, no, I didn't, I didn't want to tell her that right now. And I was like, okay. You know, like, so it's, it's a choice. Yeah. And it's kind of sucks that it's, like, a choice that you have to – it's nice that you have the option, but it sucks that, like, you have to make – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you have to choice. make that choice? No, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 I know. totally get that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I had this kind of, this is a tangent and more just talking to you, but I, um, <laughs> I had this kind of interesting and very cool experience with this woman who I met. I went to a cocktail party yesterday awesome. that my uh, stepdad's company was throwing for legal tech, whatever. Oh. Um. And I met this woman, and we were chatting, and she was awesome, whatever. But, like, I, I didn't know her before this, you know, yeah. whatever. And we were talking about, um, like, how I came to live in New York. And she, I said, you know, oh, it was a bunch of different factors. I kind of, like, decided it for myself and then decided to – and so then I just moved. Yeah. But a lot of things made it easy. You know, I had a job, and, you know, my partner was here. And um, I said the word partner – and this woman goes, oh, what does she do? And she immediately used the sheep pronoun. Got it. yeah. And it was one of those moments of just, like, I felt so kind of relieved because I had purposely used the word partner to not give away mm-hmm. the gender, mm-hmm. like, to purposely be genderless um, mm-hmm. in and, and knowing that I was in a crowd of, like, kind of stuffy business people you and not necessarily wanting to be like, you know, hey, it's the lesbian. <laughs> <I'm> the lesbian. <laughs> like, yeah. You couldn't tell from the haircut and the button up, but here we are. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you've killed me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and I'm not nearly as visibly queer as many no, people not. I know. Um, and 
Yeah, so so it is something that, like, pretty much every new person I meet, it's one of those, like, hey, by the way, you know? And I've been doing that my whole life, like, so. And so is your sister. Yeah, and, then, and neither of you are ever going to have to get to stop, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> okay. I don't know. Do you, I mean, we can we can just chat and stop recording now. Cause well, well, but do you want to read your final quotes? Oh, right, I have a quote. You oh, have quotes. Shit, I thought I was packing up. Okay, it's one quote. We're going to cut out like 15 minutes of that. Uh-huh. Jesus. Um, well, so I remember the quote, but I don't remember what the words that... So my quote is, it's totally random. And it's because I didn't know what either one of these words meant, so I had to Google them. Uh-huh. So she's telling... Or she like goes to talk to Larry in the in hall. In the hall. It's not hall anymore. And she says, I was feeling magnanimous and expansive. And I went, mm-hmm. okay. To Google I go, because I usually just kind of, like, skim past words that I don't know. But, like, this book has actually taught me some, like, new vocab words that are mm-hmm. fun. So, this translates to, in, in stupid person English, well, in less smart person English, I was feeling generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or less powerful person, and open and communicative. So, that puts a whole new spin on the fact that she was feeling magnanimous. Like, oh, let me help you, dearie. Right? Like, on a rival or a less powerful person, of which Leary's both. Uh, she doesn't know she's a rival yet. She doesn't know she's a rival yet, but, but she is. Yeah, but she is. Uh, at least for Jamie's attention. Yes. You know, in this scene especially, completely for Jamie's attention. Um, eventually for his love and later for his money. Um, and then less powerful person. She just is a less powerful person. Yeah. She just is. Claire is an outlander. She is an English woman. She's being watched. She's not allowed to leave the castle. And she is a more powerful person than Leary. In this who scene. Who was almost publicly whipped in Hall. You know? like mm-hmm. it's, it's a very interesting power dynamic those yeah. two have. Yeah. Because, I mean, theoretically, neither one of them have much power. But no, they're also women in the 1700s. They really don't got a lot of power. I love Claire. She's kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking about future scenes again. Mm. Well, that's not what this podcast is about. No, no, no. Scroll back up to the top so we can say the goodbye thing. Okay. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please review us on iTunes. It really helps people find the show. Thank you again. And we are the Sassy Sassanax. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Do you speak whale? Yeah. <laughs>